Hi, Ola. Hey, Yoko. How you doing? Good, good, good. So, we're excited to start this podcast today. And today we've got a very special guest. <laughs> and can you hear me, Ola? What do you say? Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay. Yes, Okay, so today we have a very special guest, and the guest happens to be my husband, Ebenezer. Hi guys, thanks for having me on. (laughs) (laughs) And we have a very, very exciting topic today. Um, It's all about the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and everything that makes up this topic, really. Um... We hope if you have any more questions, you could always email them in at pearlsandspirited at gmail.com. We'll give you all that information at the end of the podcast. Um, Before we begin, as always, we need to pray. So I would ask our guests to pray for us today before we begin. All right. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for today's the day that you've made. And we bless your name because known unto you, Father, is everything that is going to happen before it does happen. And Father, we know that you knew that such a day like this would come when we, we would have these discussions. Father, we thank you because you've given us this medium and this platform to have this discussion. We ask that the spirits of the living God would help us today. We ask that Holy Spirit, you would come and reveal the things that are written in this word. We ask that you would come and shine the light of your word in our hearts. Ask that you would bring to our remembrance the things that you've already spoken or for time. In the name of Jesus, we pray that this discussion will be to the edification of ourselves and to the body of Christ that it will not just be for vain glory, but that your name alone may be glorified. Spirit of the living God, we ask that you take absolute control and let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name, if we ask these things. Amen. 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 Right. What's our first question? To begin with, um, manifestations of the Holy Spirit, what does it mean um, for the Holy Spirit to manifest, I think that's the first question we're going to be answering. And yeah. um, so, who would like to go first? <laughs> it looks like it's you. <laughs> Why is it me? I'm the guest. Well, that's the point. Is that how this works? Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> I, I, I thought the guest was meant to um, to come in where you guys already had stuff that you were saying. Oh, wow. No. Well, guest, can you help us? Well, manifestations of the Holy Spirit, what does it mean? And scriptures about it? All right. Uh, let's see. Okay, I do believe, like, well, I just go first. Manifestation is like 
it's an action. It's something that is that's happening. Um, and usually it's like um, when the Holy Spirit is working in ways that is not normal to to man, like an extraordinary um, work that we are not used to. That's what I believe it is. We could look in the scriptures. But yeah. You know, going off from what you said, you said it's action, something that is, I guess, something is action, right? It's something that's done or activated, shall I say. Um, does that mean that, so the Holy Spirit can sometimes be at work and other times not be at work? Mm, that's a good question. And if if so, then how do we know? Okay, uh, so that's just a big question. But how are we to know? So, for example, you may be in. Okay, no, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to understand it in my mind. Like, if it's manifestation is action, that means that times when the Holy Spirit is not at work and He's just silent. And how do we distinguish those times? Especially if we are used to seeing moves of the spirit, maybe in our own personal lives or in our local church or just in in the Christianity we see around us, how do we know when the spirit is at work and he isn't at work? Yeah, I do believe like in individual lives, well, we have to take a look into the scriptures, but I do believe in individual lives like the Holy Spirit actually, you know, there are times, it's just like, there are times when you pray and you hear like a lot of like scriptures from from God and there are times you pray and you don't hear anything. Doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is not there. He's still there. That's the way I see it. But I do believe the Bible will help us to explain this further. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I'm going to find um, I'm going to find a scripture that kind of explains a bit about the Holy Spirit manifestations. Do you have anything? Yeah, so um, when talking about manifestation, manifestation always denotes something that's been done outwardly, something that's been that's um, perceived with the eyes or the ears. Um, so when talking about manifestation, it's something that we can observe. Um, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit um, was observed by the people that accompanied Peter to Cornelius' house. They observed the manifestation of the Holy Spirit because they saw them speaking in tongues. So, and we see in First Corinthians 12, verse 7, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And then it starts talking about the, the gifts of the Spirit. So when you're talking about manifestation of the Spirit, often or not, you're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. But when it comes to um, any like something else that the Holy Spirit is doing inside of a person, scripturally, that's not a manifestation. That's more the work that the Holy Spirit is doing because there's a difference between the spirit within and the spirit upon. Um, the Bible talks about the spirit came upon Elijah and he 
um, he outran Ahab's horses or Ahab's uh, chariots. So the spirit of Han is the spirit that usually brings the manifestations. The spirit within is the spirit that works in every believer to make them become more like Christ. So that's where we talk about fruits versus gifts. Fruits is a product of the spirit within. Gifts is a product of the spirit upon. The spirit upon is for work. The spirit upon, uh, Jesus Christ said, the spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. So when the spirit upon is upon a person, you do something. The spirit was upon Samson and he killed a thousand men with the jawbone of an ass. So it's the spirit upon is given to do something. The spirit within is given for a person to become more like Christ. Okay, I've got a question on that. So, spirit upon, so like, I know in the Old Testament, obviously they weren't given um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. a lot of times when the spirit came upon people to do a certain work at a certain time, but then since Acts 2, since the Holy Spirit came, does that not mean that now, since we've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit doesn't come, may not come upon us anymore, but it's living within us constantly. So instead of like in the Old Testament, the whole thing was the Spirit will come upon them for a particular act. However, now we can be, I mean, just from what I'm thinking about acts and stuff, like even John in Revelation, he was like, he was in a spirit on the Lord's day. Um, in Revelations 1, he was in the spirit on the Lord's day, but he wasn't, the spirit of God wasn't upon him, but he was in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And then the revelation came. Yes. I mean, so, yes, yeah. so, yeah, so I agree with you in the sense that um, the spirit lives within us. But this is where the difference is. When what what people call the anointing is really the Holy Spirit at work. And when, you know, the spirit is at work with a person, not in the person. When the spirit is at work with a person, that person is doing something. So the Bible says that um, Jesus Christ commands his disciples to go preach the gospel, right? And it says everywhere preaching the the word and he was with them accompanying them with signs and wonders following that's the spirit upon so when the spirit is upon you you are manifesting the gifts of the spirit you are manifesting the capabilities of the spirit because if it were not so then we would be able to go everywhere we would every minute of the day we would be prophesying to each other we would be um healing the sick just by walking around right but the spirit comes upon us when there is a work that needs to be done if somebody needs to be healed like for example during the time of the healing revival in america you would find that evangelists that did not quite understand the working of faith working of faith for miracles what they would do is that they would wait until the anointing came when the anointing would come, that's when they would begin to work, right? But that's, that's an evidence that the spirit had not come. When the spirit came, the spirit would, you know, heal the sick, deliver, whatever the case may be. So they didn't rely on, they didn't rely on faith, the prayer of faith. You know, the Bible says, 
Um, if anyone's sick, you can go to the elders of the church and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. So they didn't rely on the prayer of faith. They relied on the anointing, which is the spirit of Pan, right? So when, when the spirit of Pan comes, yes, we have the spirit living inside of us. But guess but Look at this. If, if our assumption is right that we all have the spirit, therefore, you know, we don't need the spirit upon, then everybody that is born again should be manifesting the gifts of the spirit at all times. Everybody should. But it says that the spirit, the, the spirit gives these gifts as he wills. So it's not our, it's not our doing. Is the spirit's willing. Like if the spirit wills, I'm going to give you some tongues right now and I'll give somebody else the interpretation of the tongues, then he'll do that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's different in that the Old Testament didn't have the Holy Spirit living inside of them, but the Holy Spirit was still manifesting, you know, in the Old Testament. But for us, the reason why it's different for us is because the Holy Spirit is inside of us to make us more like Christ. So that spirit within is not for, you know, the, it's not for the action or the, the things that we, we see or the things that we hear, but that one is to produce the fruit of Christ in a believer to make that believer more like Christ. So, you know, that's, that's pretty much what, what I believe. But, so there are times where someone could actually be filled with the spirit, but not manifest the gifts of the spirit. It's possible. It is very possible because one of the reasons why that's possible is because a lot of people are not taught on the manifestations of the Spirit. One of the things I've learned about the Holy Spirit is that He does not operate outside of the scope of your understanding. So if you don't believe in the Spirit of God manifesting Himself, you know, in, through these gifts, then He's not going to force Himself upon you. If you know about it, if you're aware of it, then He can, he can use you in that regard. Right. So, for example, you know, there's this common um, thing that people say, I have the gift of doing this and doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. In a sense, that's correct. Like God has given them those gifts. But where the error comes in is when you try to turn it on and off. Right. So it's like, for example, the people that have, um, you know, the gift of speaking in tongues and interpretation. Interpretation. Yeah. So, you know, a person, a person that, you know, can come to a place and they just decide, you know, today in today's service, I'm going to speak in tongues. I'm going to interpret the tongues. At that point, you're getting in trouble because you're, you're doing it as you will. Yeah. It's not as the spirit wills. It's as you will. And guess what? You may be able to do it at that time. You may be able to get that message in tongues and interpret it. But what you're doing at that time is you're taking yourself outside of the scope of the Holy Spirit. And then you open up yourself to being used by demons to do their bidding because you're going outside of the scope of the Holy Spirit. Whenever we go outside of the scope of the Holy Spirit, we make ourselves available. We open ourselves to demonic influence. So we won't be, the person won't be possessed by demons. They will be influenced by demons, right? So what you're saying is we, we cannot control the Holy Spirit's manifestations no. in us. Okay, how about 
you know, we all from a conservative background mm-hmm. and we grew grew up in churches where you speak in tongues quietly mm-hmm. and you know, speaking tongues for yourself basically, not for everybody else to hear. So what would you say for someone who is like in that sect of Christian group and they are confused about okay, maybe the Holy Spirit moves me to to jump or praise or just shout. Um how can you how can we define what's demonic and what is being led by the Holy Spirit? Okay, no, let me let me clarify what I mean. <laughs> that's that's not demonic like jumping and shouting that's not demonic however the bible says that the spirit of a prophet is subject to that prophet what that means is that the holy spirit cannot make you do anything what part of the scripture first of all okay let's find that in the scripture spirits i have it open <laughs> <laughs> it's in first corinthians 14 um, verse 32. There you go. Okay. First Corinthians, First Corinthians 14, 14 verse 32. So, so. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Yeah. Okay. So the Holy Spirit cannot make us do anything. And that was one of the mistakes I made when I was like, I first got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I would like, my perception was that, oh, the Holy Spirit made me do that. No, he didn't make me do that because I could have chosen not to do it. So the Holy Spirit can inspire you to do something. You can choose to do it or not do it. That's true. That's up to you. Now, yeah. So now this is <laughs> this is, this is where this is where we get into a little bit of trouble because it takes a little bit of maturity to do to deal with spiritual things. Okay. If the Holy Spirit gives you an impression to prophesy in a service, right? Mm-hmm. And in your church they forbid prophesying. Now, what do you do? Yes, the, the word is from God, right? Mm-hmm. And the word perhaps is for a person. So do you now disobey the Holy Spirit and give the, the prophecy anyway? Or do you keep quiet? So now this is where the fruit of the Spirit comes in. The fruit of the Spirit, one of them being temperance, which is self-control. You have to now be able to say, all right, Holy Spirit, I hear what you're saying, but you know that in this church, they, they forbid prophesying. So I need you to give me another avenue in which I'll be able to do this. Why? Because God is the God of order, right? He's not the author of confusion. He is the God of order. So he'll never put a person in a place where they're going to get out of order. Like some of the times we, we think like, oh, you know, the Holy Spirit is moving me. So I'm just going to go and going to do this. But that's not even the way of the Holy Spirit. Okay. 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 It's almost 20 minutes into our time. <laughs> wait, wait. We have more questions coming and um, we will have a part two of this section Let's just, you know, gather all the questions and we will be back. For now, we just want to say it was lovely having you guys on here listening to us. And God bless you. Um, We'll just say a quick word of prayer and we'll be back with part two.
Lord Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity where we had to learn about your spirit. We bless you, Lord, for these lessons that we've learned so far. And thank you for using Ebenezer to speak to our hearts today. We pray that even as we learn these things, we'll live by them in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.